Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Rosiel and I'm the host of the show where I get to interview Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the games. Today, we have Ariel Gold, Olympic bronze medal winning Ariel Gold snowboarder, USA. She's incredible. It was so much fun getting to talk to her, learning about what she's been through and how she she got to where she is, her and her brother. Um, he is also um, on Team USA. Incredible dude. So very excited. Hopefully we'll get him on one day. But Ariel is, in, is so much fun to talk to. She's such an incredible person. Her and I are actually working on a project right now, which I'm very excited to announce once we have everything set in stone and everything is good to go. So super excited for that. Um, you'll be hearing about it, I promise. As long as you're following her and following me on all the internet stuff, it'll be in the show notes. I promise you that. Uh, before we get to Ariel's um, interview, I guess you could say that. Have you ever wanted to create your own podcast? I did, and it's been one of my favorite things and my favorite, favorite, honestly, it's my favorite part of every day. I love doing this so much. If I could get, if I could be Joe Rogan and just get paid enough to pay my bills, I think I'd be the happiest person on planet Earth. So um, we partnered with launchingpodcast.com, and they're a step-by-step video course to easily launch your very own podcast. Um, Rob is an incredible dude. He goes through everything. He's done, I don't even know how many episodes of a podcast at this point. I've been able to do close to 100, if not over. I don't even remember what the number is anymore, but it has allowed me to do everything. Um, Know and understand all the the tools, the information, the software, what to do, how to do it, when to release them. It's absolutely fantastic. So if you're interested and you always wanted to create your own podcast and takes you from ideation all the way to your fourth episode, so you have a very, very good understanding of what you need to do and how you need to do it. It allowed me to ex- expand my brand awareness for our athletes as the, the, the company, which I think is incredible. It allowed me to become a thought leader in the space. People ask me things about the Olympics now, which I think is super cool, which, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I talk to Olympians almost every day, so, you know, hopefully I know that information. Um, it also allowed me to create some relationships with people that I never thought I would, you know, three-time gold medal winners, these incredible athletes on a daily basis. It is so, so, so much fun. So if you're interested, make sure to go to launchingpodcast.com, use promo code Mike, you get $50 off. That's launching podcast, promo code Mike for $50 off. Without further ado, here is Ariel. All right, today's special guest, Ariel Gold, USA snowboarding Olympic bronze medalist, born May the 4th be with you, 1996 in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. She has a brother, Taylor, who also is an American Olympic snowboarder. Her father was a professional mogul skier. She learned how to ski at the age of three and switched to snowboarding at the age of seven. In 2010, she had her first U.S. competition, the U.S. Open Junior Competition, and she won. Not bad. Uh, in 2012, Ariel got silver in the Winter Youth Olympic Games in the slope style and the halfpipe. And then later that year, she won the gold medal in the halfpipe at the FIS FIS Junior Snowboard World Championships. At 16, she won her first senior FIS World Championships. She has three X Games medals and, as I said, won a bronze at the 2018 Games. Ariel, thanks for hanging out today. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I promise you, the pleasure is absolutely all mine. So, Ariel, if you don't mind, let's go back. Uh, go. I mean, you've been in Colorado pretty much your whole life at this point, but let's go back to Steamboat Springs, growing up in, in a beautiful area of the country with mountains all around you. I mean, what was that like? It clearly, clearly played an integral part in uh, where you're at today. Yeah, I was super fortunate to grow up in a place like Steamboat. I, I really attribute my upbringing to being pretty much the entire reason that I'm even in the career path that I am today. Um, Just from having parents who are super passionate about being outdoors all the time, um, putting my brother and I both on skis at such a young age, it just really set me up for success in whatever realm, especially in snowboarding. So I'm definitely really grateful for 
having grown up in such an incredible place. Absolutely. I mean, clearly there's something, uh, something in your blood. If you and your brother are, are pretty darn good at something, I mean, clearly you guys probably spent a little bit of time on the mountains while you were there. Um, and so, so, uh, in that tiny little intro that I gave, you started skiing at three and switched to snowboarding at seven. What was the, uh, what was the reason, I guess you went from, from skiing to snowboarding? It was actually my older brother, Taylor, who inspired me to start snowboarding. He is two and a half years older than me, and he started snowboarding when he turned seven, and he stuck with it because he loved it so much. So I ended up switching because I thought it would be really interesting to try, and the first day I did it, I actually completely hated it, but after having some time to kind of figure out how to stay on my feet for more than three seconds, I ended up really enjoying it and just kept kind of following in his path. He kind of um, laid out the footsteps for me just to kind of enter into this career. So I definitely owe him. I love it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'd say you owe him a little bit. I'm sure he owes you in certain cases as well, but you know, can't, can't hurt that he, that he helped you out. And I'm sure worst comes to worst, you would have been an Olympic bronze medalist at skiing at one point. So, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's semantics at that point. And then your dad, I guess. So your dad was a uh, professional mogul skier. Was there ever, ever any opportunity for you to kind of, find your way down that path as well or was that really never um something that you love that much as at a young age you know I'm sure if I had showed some interest my dad probably would have introduced me to mogul skiing I, I didn't stick with it quite long enough for him to kind of direct me mm -hmm. um in any particular path in skiing I think maybe what might have deterred me a little bit was seeing how his knees have been faring over the past uh, few years. Yes. Um, that's not to say that snowboarders don't have some knee issues. That's uh, obviously a whole different topic, but mogul scares, it's almost a guarantee. So I kind of wanted to give my body a little bit more of an advantage growing up if I could. <laughs> and that makes sense. I mean, what, you're 22 now, 23? Or, you, oh, you turned 23 in a little while. Oh, yeah, happy I'm early birthday. Close. Happy early birthday. But uh, yeah, mogul skiing, I mean, watching that hurts my back and knees. So like I can only, and I'm sitting on my couch, so like I can only imagine what it's like <laughs> doing that. That is, uh, that is interesting. So at what point, so you started snowboarding at seven. At what point did you start to go to, I mean, I guess just like little competitions like at the mountain and really start to see and feel and, and really get on the half pipe and see what that was like? That was when I was about nine years old. Um, I had been snowboarding for a couple years just for fun had taken quite a few lessons so I had my feet under me um, pretty solid so my older brother had already been doing a lot of these lower level events um, that were kind of regional events spread out around Colorado and I just thought it'd be interesting to try and experiment with that a little bit and end up just kind of dipping my toes in the water with some of those events and um, they have a pretty incredible circuit for younger kids it's called USASA um, and it's amazing because it kind of bridges the gap between uh, kids who have never competed before and kids who eventually go on to the pros. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So that, that helps you really understand kind of what it takes, I'm guessing at that point, like at such a young age, like kind of get to see those opportunities ahead of you. Definitely. I mean, I started competing there at such a young age and was in one of the youngest age divisions that they had and just being able to compete alongside some of these older girls who were, you know, 17, 18 years old and who were kind of just starting to break into the professional scene, I think just kind of served as some inspiration for me, especially at such young age when becoming a professional seems so far-fetched. I think having that exposure was really incredible for my confidence. 
That is pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, just being able to be around that and get to the, the energy and that feeling. I mean, once you're there, it's obviously going to be completely different, um, but at least you had some sort of understanding growing up. So I think that that's really cool and, you know, hopefully played a little bit of a, a, a part in what you've been able to do. So um, 2010, so what, you're 13, 14, you go to your first, I guess, is that like the first real, I don't want to say real competition. Is that your first like national competition, the U S open, uh, junior competition? That was my first competition that I was actually competing at the same event that the professionals were at. Ah. So they had a completely separate division, um, that was the junior jam and that's what I competed in. But that was the first event I had ever been to where all of the pro snowboarders that I had been watching on TV, watching Mm -hmm. on YouTube, were actually there competing and I could actually see them in person and get some autographs and fangirl a little bit. That is awesome. And you won. So I'm guessing they probably fangirled and fanboyed you a little bit too along the way, right? It's interesting definitely going back to that event now and seeing uh, the kids who win the Junior Jam because I do notice who wins. And it's just interesting because it kind of gives you a little preview of um, probably what kids are going to be up there kind of nipping at your heels within the next Mm -hmm. few years. So good to get a little bit of intel you know <laughs> yeah right get intel on those 12 and 13 year olds we'll know we'll know their moveset so that you can crush them um oh, as yeah. they will there's no that's really cool though i mean yeah that's that's super interesting so was your was your competition before the bigger ones or after or during like how, how did that part work so like you were watching them obviously but did you notice when you were up like getting ready to go you saw the other snowboarders and skiers like actually watching you go down They used to do it after the professionals went. So typically by that time, some of them would still hang around. Um, They were really good about trying to get a lot of the upper level snowboarders involved in the junior gym just to try and inspire, whether it was having them hand out medals or do some Mm -hmm. of the announcing during the event. Um, That was enough to get all of us really excited as kids. Um, So it was cool that they tried to get them involved to some degree, but it was also cool because during the week we would just get to practice with them and watch all of them ride. And it served as a pretty great source of inspiration when our actual event came up. That is super cool. I love that. So have you had the opportunity to kind of be on the opposite end? Have you, have you had that opportunity to be one of the pro snowboarders and like hang out with the the younger guys and girls? Yeah, I have. And every time I do it, it still amazes me because I still don't really consider myself to be somebody that a lot of little kids would look up to but in particular kids in the industry like every time I reflect back on what I was like anytime I was around um, some of the professional snowboarders it's it's just really kind of an electric feeling and I think that every time I get to be um, on the other end of the stick I guess it's it's always really cool for me to experience and just uh, as a little bit nostalgic like what kind of feelings does that like instill in you does that motivate you inspire you at all knowing like hey I was there and now I'm here and like now I have the ability to give back like way more than I ever thought I could it definitely serves as a good source of motivation I mean I think there have been definitely a lot of peaks and valleys in my snowboarding career as with most other professional athletes Um, and having kids like that to just kind of remind me why I do it and Uh, you know, I think a lot of snowboarders can kind of identify their career based on the results that they get and feel as though um, they haven't proved themselves if they don't get this one specific result. So to have kids like that who are so excited about what you're doing and so inspired by what you're doing, I think just really makes you feel like you do have something to show for it, even if there's that one result that has kind of evaded you for a while. 
Mm -hmm. And and I, I can kind of understand why people might uh, look up to you a little bit. Again, I don't need to rattle off all the things that you've already done by the, the ripe age of 22. Um, but I mean, hey, just an Olympic bronze medalist, there's only, you know, three of you that were on that podium and you were one of them. So I think that that is pretty darn cool. So uh, 2010 was a pretty cool year for you. 2012 was even just a little bit cooler. Um, you went and got silver at the youth Olympic games for two different disciplines, slope style and half pipe. And then later that year won the fifth junior snowboarding world championship. Um, I mean, what was that year like? And was that kind of, I don't want to call it your coming out party, but like, what did that, like kind of instill in you and was that really like your okay like this is something I can do I'm clearly one of the better ones in this age group like let's let's see what happens yeah I would say that's pretty much exactly what that year was I hadn't really started competing on the professional circuit yet I was just kind of starting to make a name for myself in that uh, developmental circuit so to have had the opportunity in the first place to go to the youth olympic games was incredible um, I think that was one of the first Olympic Games, if not the first that they had done for the youth. And having been to both the youth and the actual Olympic Games, I can actually see there's a lot of similarities, which is really cool that they kind of try and make it uh, very similar to the actual experience, uh, especially for these developmental programs. Um, so for me to even be able to go to an event like that was a pretty incredible experience. And then beyond that, being able to podium against the best girls in the world that were my age at the time um, definitely served as a pretty good confidence booster, I'd say. And that kind of bridged the gap into my next season when I started competing um, at the professional level. Well, winning at the professional level, let's not <laughs> come on now. I mean, you won gold in 20. So, so, well, first I think youth winter games, I think that's just super cool. So you'd be having the opportunity to go to, as you said, if not the first one of the first ones. Um, I mean, what did that like, how old, I mean, what, you were 16 at the time? Like, how cool is that seeing, like, okay, like, I'm at the Olympics? Like, technically, you're, like, at the Olympics. Like, what is that like And being able to put that behind your name and say that and, like, tell your friends at such a young age, be like, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much at the Olympics. Like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was super cool. I mean, that was an event that when I first heard about it, I knew how badly I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. And they only took – um, one or two people from each discipline so it was pretty competitive just to be selected to go on the team um, so just being able to go to that was amazing I met so many incredible people but I also ended up going professional and I still compete alongside even today mm -hmm. um, and it yeah it just served as a pretty great uh, source of inspiration just you know showing me what I'm capable of and giving me the opportunity to compete alongside some of the best of my age. Um, that's a little tougher to do when you're younger because not all of these younger developmental kids unite on the same circuit. So that mm -hmm. kind of brought everyone together and uh, fostered a pretty competitive uh, contest, which was a lot of fun to be a part of. And you got silver. So you beat twice. So that's cool. Do you guys ever like kind of reminisce, like talk about like, well, at the, at, like say at the 18 games, like, and you saw someone's like, Hey, remember that one time in 2012? Yeah, it is fun to talk about. I mean, I, I there's a couple kids, mainly on the ski team, that I went to the Olympics with this time around that had also gone to the Youth Olympic Games with me, and that was where I first initially met them. So it was a lot of fun just getting to kind of spend some time with them at the actual Olympics and um, just, yeah, reminisce a little bit on how similar, actually, it was to the Youth Olympics in a lot of ways. That is awesome. And you, you brought it up, um, and we'll just talk about it one more time. So you won the senior worlds um the year after so 2013 so you so you go from winning 
uh, gold in half pipe at the junior worlds right into winning gold at the senior worlds. I mean, what, what was that jump in competition? Like, and I mean, like, like if 16 year old Mike then went on to the senior championships and, and won, my head would be gigantic. So like, how did you handle that at such a young age, being able to kind of like take that and be like, all right, cool. Yeah. I'm the best in the world at something. You know, I don't think I went through my egotistical age until probably the year after that. Ah, I definitely, okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I definitely did go through one though. So um, I think you know every professional athlete, especially when you start at such a young age, will eventually go through that. Um, but for me, I showed up at that World Champs and didn't really have any expectations. Um, the only reason I even got a spot to go to that event in the first place was because uh, most of the professional U.S. team had not wanted to attend because it was right before X games. And Mm -hmm. that's usually our biggest event of the season. So I was one of the few U S women who did end up attending that event. Um, And most of the other nations had sent their best women to compete Mm -hmm. there. So I still got to compete against some of the girls that I had been looking up to for years and just ended up landing one of the better runs that I've ever done. I, I had worked really hard leading into that contest. So um, landed the best run I'd done at the time, I guess, and ended up getting a result that I had not expected whatsoever. Um, and at that same event, I that's when I got an invite to compete at my first X Games. So mm-hmm. that was yeah. kind of where it all jump started. I think that would lend a, at least an invite, right? Like, oh, hey, by the way, um, that, very humble on your part, though. I respect that. Um, I mean, growing up and literally looking up to some people, especially, you know, across the pond and in Europe and, and in Asia, and then going out and beating them. I think that that's gotta be such a cool feeling. Like, does that, did that solidify your spot? Like, as you said, like you got the invite to the X games. Did you then realize, like, uh, did you think like, okay, I deserve to be here. Cause I know that's a lot of people's like one pause is like, Oh, maybe I don't deserve to be here. I mean, clearly you deserved it, but was that something that went through your mind where you're like, yeah, I deserve this. Yeah. I mean, it definitely went through my mind just knowing that I was I felt a little bit out of my league I guess I should Mm -hmm. say but if anything that just served to kind of inspire me to work that much harder Mm -hmm. especially during practice at that x games I I can't remember many times that I've enjoyed snowboarding more because I was just so excited to be there be riding under the lights for the first time because x games all of your practices and the contests are at night so Mm -hmm. that's a completely different vibe than any contest I had ever been a part of um, and it's really, it's the best seven or eight women snowboarders in the world all pooled into one place and there's no qualifications, uh, no semifinals. It's straight to a final and it's three runs. So for me to just have had the opportunity to just be a part of all of that and just be part of an event that I had been watching for years and wasn't mm-hmm. ever sure I would make it to was, um, such an incredible experience and inspired me to do some of my best riding ever. How many X Games um, did you have you been invited to? I think I have been in seven X Games now. Seven, and you've won three medals, correct? Two silvers and a bronze. Yeah, so I've won I've won three medals in the U.S. X Games, and then mm-hmm. there also was European X Games circuit, mm-hmm. and I earned two bronze medals at the European X Games circuit. 
Nice. So you're always on the, you're just kind of always finding your way on that podium. Huh? I love that. And then, yeah, I guess that was, you know, the, the next topic I want to talk about the X games a little bit. You went over, I mean, under the lights, everything is so much cooler. I don't care what sport you're playing. Just once you put lights on and make it dark out, like, uh, chills, man. So I think that that is super cool that you've had that opportunity and, and you go and you've actually done very well when you've been there. So I think that that's super cool. And I guess you've kind of already touched upon it a little bit, but like, what is, what is so important about the X Games? Like, as you said, it's one of the biggest competitions of the year. Is it because it's in Colorado? Is it because it's on ESPN? Like, what is the reasoning for you, and why do you think it's one of the biggest um, events that we have uh, for, for snowboarding and skiing? I mean, I think the reason that most people consider it to be such a big event is because of the exposure that it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a pretty great crowd that shows up to a lot of our snowboard contests these days, but it's completely unparalleled to x games um x games has always just had that reputation um bringing out massive crowds from all over colorado and even outside of the state um they have some great concerts going they just do an incredible job of just hosting an event that people want to come to and i think for a sport like snowboarding that has still been kind of gradually gaining exposure um it's really the pinnacle aside from the olympics and mm-hmm. we get to have it every year so it's kind of like our yearly version of the olympics and uh beyond that it's also being from colorado i am mm-hmm. always able to have so many friends and family come out that um wouldn't normally come out to attend these events and just being able to have so many people um who really don't ever get the opportunity to see me snowboard or see me compete um come to that one event always really um, gets me fired up and makes me want to ride that much better. That is awesome. Yeah, I mean, when you can have your friends and family again under the lights with you, like that is is so cool. I love that. That is incredible. So good for you. Congratulations on all your invitations. Um, you Thank clearly you. have to be one of the best in the world to be invited. So you know, keep doing what you're doing, and I'm sure you got a couple more uh, coming along too. So now we have to kind of get to an um, unfortunate one. Um, so in 2014, obviously there was the uh, Sochi Olympics. You were clearly one of the best in the world, so you were go- most likely going to qualify. Um, and you had a shoulder injury that kind of kept you out of the qualification process and being able to go. What What was that like? I mean, just getting so close. I'm assuming the Olympics has always kind of been on your horizon, the X Games, the Olympics, uh, the World Championships. Um, being that close and understanding that you then had so much longer to wait, like what was that like? And what were some of those emotions and feelings that you're the roller coaster? I'm sure that you went through. Yeah. I mean, I would say the most difficult part um, about just getting injured was the fact that I was so close to being able to compete in my first Olympics. Um, I actually had made it to the Olympics, but got injured Mm -hmm. before I was able to compete. So not even being able to compete in the qualifications was uh, the most devastating part of it just because like you said, um, I was coming off of one of the best seasons I'd had in a long time. So um, just to have had the opportunity to go, I was already so thrilled about that. And I think just being young and having had so much success that season, I just kind of had these elevated expectations. And mm-hmm. especially in an event that comes so infrequently, um, to an extent, you want to kind of tamper your expectations because you put all your eggs in that one basket and it doesn't work out, you're going to be waiting four years before you have another opportunity. So I was young. I was only 17 years old. And like I said, I think, I think this was probably the most egotistical I got Mm -hmm. during my snowboard career was probably leading into that. So um, just injuring myself in practice like that um, ended up actually probably being good for my mental state, just in a sense of it did kind of, uh, tamper that ego a little mm-hmm. bit which is probably knock you I down needed. a peg yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, that's just super unfortunate. Very, very frustrating um, from anybody's standpoint. Again, clearly, as you said, and, and we've kind of went over that was, you know, 2013 was one of your best years. So we, it was assumption and assumption that you would have then made the, uh, the, the teams, but unfortunately you did not. And then you and I spoke a little bit. So between 2014 and 2018, you know, there's only so many articles written about Ariel Gold. So tell us a little bit about kind of what you were going through um, after that injury and then the recovery process before and up to uh, the 2018 games? Yeah, I'd say between 2014 and 2018, I definitely went through a little bit of a lull um, in my career. I think just kind of trying to come back from that injury ended up being harder than I thought it was, um, both mentally and physically. Uh, mentally, I think it just kind of instilled a new fear in me that I hadn't really experienced before. I, mm -hmm. I went through that phase kind of of being like young and reckless and not really concerned about getting injured to all of a sudden realizing how dangerous what I was doing could be um, <laughs> and being yeah, pretty scared of it. Yeah. yeah. So that was definitely a wake up call. Um, and then beyond that, I was also still kind of having recurring issues with my shoulder. Um, I, they thought after I had only dislocated it once I was young enough that I could rehab it and never have issues again. Um, and for the most part, that's what happened for the first two years after the Olympics. And then I kind of started to um, dislocate it again on occasion mm. or sublux it, which is like a partial dislocation. And the joint just eventually got loose enough where it was happening pretty regularly, almost at every contest. So that definitely didn't help with my confidence. Um, and yeah, just leading into the 2018 Olympics, I think I was kind of just going through the motions and not mm. really sure if I even wanted to go through another Olympic qualification process because they are so grueling and so intensive. Um, and yeah, that's kind of what I was dealing with during that time frame that kind of made most of the results that I was getting pretty inconsequential. What, um, what is your pain tolerance like just to kind of like, that sounds crazy that your shoulder just kind of just, you know, popped in and out will all willy nilly. Like that's, how do you do that? Like, I'm such a wimp. I stub my toe. I can't stand up for like three hours. Like, how did you do that? <laughs> well, it definitely hurt a lot. I, I mean, the first time I dislocated, it was most pain I've ever been in in my life, I would mm -hmm. say. Um, and then just subluxing it and having it come out again, it still didn't really uh, ever decrease in pain, but it was also shortened because um, for the most part, when I did dislocate it, if I was riding down, I could kind of shift it back into place myself. Mm -hmm. um, whereas the first time that I did it, it was out for such an extended period of time because um, the doctors actually had to put it in themselves. And that's the worst part about it is sitting with it out because it's just, it's a really disturbing feeling and it's mm -hmm. also extremely painful. Yeah. Um, we're, wow. That's incredible. Um, Anyway, so let's go to the fun part now. So you make the 2018 games, do pretty well, got a bronze, top three in the world at anything. Um, I'll take top 300 in the world at anything. So kudos to you. Um, what was that like? What was the, the process of getting there? And then when did you finally realize that you made it? Well, in fall of 2017, leading into the Olympic year, I wasn't even sure that I wanted to compete that season. I was pretty burnt out on snowboarding and wasn't really riding well enough where I thought I could make the Olympic team in the first place. Um, so that's when I actually heard about a sports psychologist through my mom. Mm -hmm. um, her name is Paige Roberts. And I ended up starting working with her um, two or three times a week just to try and get rid of some of kind of the emotional mental barriers that I felt like were kind of hindering my progression 
in snowboarding and um, worked with her religiously throughout the season. And as soon as I got on a snowboard, I could tell that something was different. Um, just being able to, I think, talk about a lot of those traumatic experiences that I had been through, whether it's injuries, disappointing contests, things like that, that um, kind of seemed to go in and out of my mind while I was competing, um, I think really helped kind of clear away a lot of those experiences and just allowed me to kind of get back to um, really that approach that I had going into the 2014 Olympics, where I just felt confident in my snowboarding, but it was a much better balance because I wasn't quite so egotistical. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. um, I still kind of kept my expectations low throughout the 2018 season leading into the Olympics. I just, I had learned obviously from last time that you don't want to put uh, everything into one contest. So um, just being able to qualify for the Olympic team was amazing for me, um, just having not really had many expectations. And then obviously going to the Olympics, I just wanted to ride the best that I possibly could um, and just kind of focus on enjoying myself also and just taking advantage of the whole experience um, because I think that injury in Sochi kind of made it a little more difficult to do that. So I just wanted to make sure that regardless of the results that I was just able to kind of uh, bring home some good memories. And what, what were they? I mean, you, you know, only so many people get to go to one Olympic games. Like you're, you're on that list. Like what was that experience like? And like completely outside of the competition, like going to see um, other competitions, hanging out with members of team USA that you've never met, but you've always wanted to. I mean, what, what were all those conversations and experiences like? It was amazing. I mean, we were, we were fortunate to compete super early in the games. I think we competed three or four days after opening ceremonies. Mm -hmm. So um, honestly, that's, I think, best case scenario because we got done competing and obviously I was able to earn my medal and that in itself was an incredible celebration and something I never would have expected. So mm -hmm. then just the rest of the games, I just kind of threw caution to the wind and let <laughs> myself do whatever I wanted and just went on a little vacation, which was amazing. I mean, I, I ended up going and watching a lot of the other events, which is something that I wanted to do in Sochi, but just was kind of too disheartened and sore to end up doing. So I went and watched a ton of the hockey games, mm -hmm. became friends with a bunch of the girls on the hockey team. Um, I actually taught some of the girls how to snowboard after no they won their gold, which is so cool. a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, man. So. Yeah, see, that you're never going to get that anywhere un until the 2022 games. I mean, that's just such a cool, as you said, right. like that's such a cool memory. That's such a cool experience getting to teach, you know, one of the best hockey players in the world how to snowboard. Like, that is just so cool. Congrats on that. I love it. That's, Thank you. that's a good one. That's a good one. I love that, Ariel. Um, and then, I mean, so did you walk around with your medal the whole time? Was it just like strapped around your neck and you're just walking around just kind of, hey, everybody, look at me. <laughs> I, I kept it in a pocket. It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't one of those things that I felt super comfortable like wearing it, uh -huh. but at the games that is like the expectation more or less is everybody mm. who medals carries their medal around because you end up going to a lot of publicity stuff mm -hmm. and um, just ending up having five or 10 people a day asking you to see it. So it's good to just carry around. And even after the Olympics, a lot of people will want you to bring it to a lot of events oh, and things. So absolutely. I got used to carrying that thing around. It's definitely been passed around to a lot of different hands over Good. the time that I've had it. <laughs> As it should, like the Stanley Cup, everyone should drink out of it. Um, exactly. I love that. Sure and so I got to ask, what does it taste like? You bit it. So what does it taste like? <laughs> it's very metallic. I, I have yeah. not bit it since they gave it to me. 
uh, because, like I said, there have been a lot of hands on it. So. Yeah, yeah, that's actually probably a really good point. Yeah, the first one's good, <laughs> and after that, um, Ariel, this is so much fun. Um, you know, shout out to Paige. She's actually put us in contact, so I think that that's super cool. She's clearly doing some really interesting things. Um, congrats on your bronze medal winning. I mean, third place again is so incredible on a world stage. I love it. Your whole career has been has been absolutely fantastic, and I uh, this was such a great conversation. The last thing I want to ask is, um, what is your life after? What is your career after your career? I mean, obviously, you've been doing this since you've been on a mountain. You've been on some sort of device where you go down a mountain since you were three. Um, eventually, unfortunately, athletes' careers do come to an end a little bit sooner than others. So, what is like? What is the next step? And what is something that you're looking forward to after? Um, I'm fortunate to be one of those athletes who has always kind of known what I wanted to do after snowboarding. Mm -hmm. Um, before I even became a professional snowboarder, I've always wanted to be a veterinarian and that is not something that has changed. I did kind of push it back obviously by Mm -hmm. doing snowboarding, but it was something that I knew at the time I was like, I have a window to make the most out of this career and then I can move on to vet school. So Um, that's really what I've been doing simultaneously is trying to kind of do some preparation so that when I do retire from snowboarding, I'm set up to, uh, start enrolling in, um, and applying to vet schools. And, um, so I'm currently just taking some college classes, trying to get my bachelor's degree while I continue competing. And that way, whenever I do decide to hang up the boots, um, I'll be ready to kind of move on to that next career path. I love it. Congrats. That's so cool. And yeah, and before we, we got on uh, and I pressed record, I heard a couple dogs in the background. So it sounds like you're well on your way there. So awesome. Well, Ariel yeah. Gold, USA snowboarding, Olympic bronze medalist, X Games medalist, world champion. Ariel, this was fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you. This was awesome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Our Athletes with Ariel Gold. As I said, she is absolutely incredible, such a cool person, and is doing so much. Very excited for her to continue and on this upward trajectory she's on. She's a bronze medal winner. I wouldn't be surprised if she'll be a gold medal winner. Ha, 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 look at me, I'm hilarious. Uh, a gold medal winner coming up soon. So thank you again for listening. Make sure to follow her on all of her show. Uh, all of her information will be in the show notes. Promise you that. So is ours at ourathletes.us on Instagram, at ourathletesusa on Twitter, www.ourathletes.us on the internet, and Michael at ourathletes.us for email. Please, feedback is always welcome. If you could please also rate, review, comment, share, subscribe. Five stars on iTunes, five stars on Apple Podcasts is sincerely appreciated. It will help so much and get so much more people to listen to these incredible stories like Ariel's and all the other athletes that I've been able to interview over the the last few months. So please, that would be the absolute best. So thank you so much. And to launchingpodcast.com. If you're interested in starting a podcast and you actually want to do it right, go to launchingpodcast.com. Use promo code Mike, you get 50 bucks off, which is awesome. And it allows you to be hopefully better than me at some point. I don't know. Check check it out. So thank you all so much for listening. Sincerely appreciate it. And I hope you have a wonderful day.